Yo, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again, fully. This is the Gospel Unbroken Podcast with Kevin and Alex. Let's awaken the lion. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gospel Unbroken. I'm Kevin, and we got Alex here. What is going on, dude? Uh, not much. Just, um, you know, long uh, week at work. A little bit of a hectic uh, week with the weather. Obviously, it was brutally cold outside. and Dude, it's so cold. Yeah. I was uh, freezing. I was out there every single day. It was My hands hurt still thinking about it. But... um. No, it was it was a good week. Um, really thought to myself this week to say to myself every day that today is the day that the Lord has made. Be glad and rejoice in it. Um, Ooh, I know. After fire, I have to remember that often because I catch myself getting upset, not necessarily with what we're doing, but with people. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel that. I'm like, how do I fight that battle? And it's just remembering that. You know, so today is the day the Lord has made. Go back to the scriptures. Talk so, to me, God. Yeah. So, and it's also in like one of the ways that I've been trying to work on. I really have a hard time meditating on the Word of God. Like after I read it, you know, as the day goes on, to kind of like think about it, you know, um, kind of process what I read throughout the day. So I kind of have a hard time doing that. So that is one of the ways that kind of brings me back kind of pulls me back in so that's one of the ways that i kind of reset myself throughout the day um i definitely don't do that either like i will i will allot my time i'll sit down and read and then like i as soon as i close the book i'm like all right i gotta go do this gotta go do that and i don't i should i really should focus on that though start taking the time to actually process what i just read i had a i had a lot of uh really strong christian friends growing up that um they were really they were really good about that um, and I would notice that, you know, that I always felt like, man, I want to, I want to be like that. Like they always were thinking about it and, you know, be like, what are you thinking about? And they'd be like, oh, you know, I was just thinking about what I read, you know, this, this morning or yesterday in the Bible. And, you know, I'm like, man, that's awesome. Like they're actually actively thinking about it. And I think too, it kind of helped them, uh, create some boundaries in their life. Right. Cause they're always, they were always trying to um, practice meditating on the Word of God. So it allowed them to create some boundaries so they wouldn't cross uh, lines that they knew they shouldn't. You know, kind of, you know, creating your own walls in your life to protect you. Yeah, that's, that is, that is, a, that would be a very powerful thing, I think, to put into practice. And if you could, if you could really hone into that, I think it would just intensify God's Word in your life, which would be, Amazing. So today we got something fun that we're going to start something new for the Gospel Unbroken. And we are going to introduce to you guys the scripture sessions. And I know that we've talked about how important it is to be in the Word of God and and, and understand and study the scriptures. And uh, I was just reading this book um, called Deeper, about going deeper into your faith and and stuff like that. And I, I thought that 
there's a section in the book that he, he captured it perfectly, and it says the introduction to the Bibles um, published by the Gideons captures this perfectly. It says, the Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. You read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good is its design, and the, and the glory of God is, is its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life. It will be opened at the judgment and be remembered forever. And I read that, and I was like, man, the Bible is an important thing. And I think that they captured it perfectly in that. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a good way to kick it off. So, with that being said, uh, Alex and I talked, and we thought it would be awesome to dive through um, the book of Romans. Uh, Romans is a great place to start, I think. Uh, it's arguably the Bible's most orderly and thorough presentation of the gospel message. Romans is the first epistle encountered, which is fitting because, you know, it builds on the Old Testament, explains the saving work of Jesus, uh, reported in the gospels. It unpacks many of the teachings that were foundational to churches that arose in Acts. John Calvin once wrote that Romans is the doorway to the treasure of all scripture. It's Paul's most concentrated presentation of God's saving work in Christ. The book is unified by coherence of its central argument, which outlines the internal plan of God for the salvation of sinners, which is what we all desperately need, I think. So I think Book of Romans is a place to start. What do you think? Perfect place to start. Let's get this uh, show on the road. All right, let's roll. So I think there's five uh, key themes that we should keep in mind as we're navigating our way through this. One, all people are sinners and need to be saved from their sin. Two, through the righteousness of God, sin is judged and salvation is provided. Three, by the power of the Holy Spirit, those who have died with Christ live a new life. God is sovereign in salvation. He works all things according to his plan. And five, because of God's grace, Christians should be morally pure, should slow, should show love to their neighbors, should be good citizens, and should welcome their fellow believers into the fullest of fellowship. So, Romans written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's said that he likely wrote it around A.D. 57, which is roughly seven to ten years before being martyred uh, in Rome. He was writing to the Christians in Rome, which is interesting because he had never been to Rome. Uh but diving into it, I learned that Paul was actually a Roman citizen by birth. Um, so he was writing to the Christians in Rome, basically to unite the Jews and the Gentiles in Rome in the gospel. He wanted the church in Rome to become basically the base of operations from which he could proclaim the gospel in Spain. Uh, so the, the goal of preaching the gospel right, is the glory of God. And he's basically longing for the Gentiles to become obedient. Uh, obedient Christians for the sake of Christ's name. So, do you got anything on Paul before we uh, dive into actually reading Paul's letter to the Romans? Well, it's, you know, 
also, you know, kind of a little bit of a fact, right? Like, um, obviously, he wasn't, he didn't write Romans in Rome. They were letters to Rome. Um, but they were to people that he knew that were in Rome. You know, kind of, you know, some of the history of it, it tells you that he's not from, or he wasn't in Rome at the time when he wrote it. And he had actually somebody who actually scribed it for him. Um, see if I can pronounce his name correctly. He was he was aided by Tertius the scribe. And if you know what a scribe is, oh yeah, you might have been in the Marines. <laughs> yeah, where's my scribe? <laughs> right. Um, but he he wrote it to to people he knew that were in Rome. Um, and this is also in one of the times where they were most likely kind of having like a church in their homes as well. Right. Um. Just due to the the climate of the way things were in Rome at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting diving back into that, and you know they talk about how, like you said, he he wasn't in Rome, but I I like I said I didn't know that one he had never been to Rome, but he was a Roman citizen, basically by birthright. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, so I think what we'll do is we'll kind of just um. We'll kind of read through this in sections, and we'll, and we'll stop at points, and we'll chat about it, talk about what stood out to us, if it if it correlated in any way to to our current life. Uh, so we'll kick it off here in uh, Romans one. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you, who are called to belong to Christ Jesus. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I thought was interesting was before anything paul introduced himself as a servant to christ jesus and i think to to better understand the depth of this we got to understand the greek word that paul uses here which is doulos and the only true translation into english would be slave so it literally means to be owned by someone for a lifetime and now like we talked before uh, we know paul is a roman citizen by birthright and so at that time a life of save slavery for a roman citizen it was basically unthinkable, right? So I think he purposely uses this word slave or doulos to demonstrate his humility and absolute dependence on God. Kind of like sticking the importance like, hey, I wholeheartedly depend on this guy. I also thought it was kind of important or interesting that, you know, he's he's already letting these people know because he understands that they, you know, they understand the Old Testament. So he's he's tying it in. You know, was saying Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy that he was the descendant of David. So I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. So then he goes on and he says uh, in Romans 1, 8, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with the Spirit and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, 
that we may be not mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you and to all who are in Rome. It's always it's kind of interesting that he's just so excited to go to Rome. But you can't, I don't. I want to say you can't travel to Rome during this time when he's writing these letters because of the the weather is, or the seas are typically bad in this time of year, of that time of the year. So that's why he's writing these letters and not going at this time. Yeah, yeah, like you said, like that's not a that's not a safe time to be to be eager to go to Rome. You know, that'd be like that'd be like someone nowadays being like, "Man, you know, I'm I'm just chomping at the bit, and I'm eager to go to Afghanistan, or I'm eager to go to North Korea. Like, can't wait to go to North Korea and just and just talk about Jesus and and preach the good news. Like, think about that. That's I just like it. He's like, I'm pumped. Let's go. Let's do this. And that's like, but I gotta wait because the weather's bad. So, but do it's exciting. It, it kind of you know, I feel like that's how we should be when we have the opportunity to spread God God's word to people and His love to people was to be excited about it, not so necessarily so nervous. And you know, I mean. He would say something a little different because he couldn't travel at the time, but I think sometimes we're faced with the same thing, but it's not that we can't travel. It's that we are just a, a kind of like, not afraid, but maybe afraid. I mean, there's, a I think, a multitude of things that we kind of are maybe fearing or um, have reservations about when spreading it to spreading the word of God to other people. I think it's kind of like you talked about before on the podcast and you're talking about like, you know, whether it's the workplace or, or whatnot, it's like, oh, you know, we, we don't talk about that here. We don't do that. Well, now Paul's saying, I'm going to go to a nation where they don't talk about this, and I cannot wait to go preach this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's exciting to, to read like to read that, right? Because I know that um, some of the things we deal with today are, are the same like then, right? There are probably people who were a little hesitant, a little nervous, um, maybe we're worried what others might think. Um, maybe it wasn't socially acceptable. Um, you know, a multitude of things that we deal with today that they also dealt with, but there were still those who were eager, who were eager and excited and, you know, ready, you know, ready to go. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting that you're, you're bringing this up because one of the notes I took was, you know, one Romans one fourteen and 15 and basically, you know, Paul's under obligation. I think it's important to note. Uh, that he says here, and I'll pray a phrase, but he says, under obligation both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and to foolish. You know, and so I, I believe we're under that same obligation. We're to share this good news, right? We're to talk about it. We're to learn about it. And then in the very next, ber- in the very next verse, Paul says, I am eager to preach the gospel. And I put two questions. I put, are we angry? Or are we, are we eager? Sorry, question mark. And I said, do we have the same burning desire to go out and talk about this? And so it's just like you said, like, that stands out. He is, he is hyped. Um, I am eager to talk about it, to talk about it with some people, but not everyone. Yeah. Um, 
like where do we find the eagerness to to like to get that spark when we find out that someone is not a follower of Jesus and that, and that eagerness back oh man dude do I have something to share with you like where do we get that it's like I could see I think it's one thing for like for a non-follower but then you go even further and it's like definitely not eager to go talk to an atheist about Jesus. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, I, that's kind of what I was thinking of, as I said, not eager to talk to. And I think some of it is because one, I'm not prepared. And, um, and two, I, I feel like I'm, I'm stepping into, uh, a losing situation before we even start. So, um, that's a personal thing, right? That's something I got to work on with myself and uh, with God and just kind of, you know, like I said, meditating on his word, that's probably the place I could start so that I could gain the eagerness and the confidence to have that conversation, you know, but there are others that I'm excited, you know, like, um, you know, it's always fun talking to youth about, about God, you know, um, because they they are in the same they they think a lot of the same thoughts they do like is this really like should I really talk to God about this is like does he even care about this you know and I made the statement before I was like oh I pray for football games and people kind of laugh at that and they're like you know I've heard you know I've said that and people say well God doesn't care about football I'm like I don't I, too bad I'm still gonna pray for it like mm-hmm. uh, I mean. I hope he cares. I think he cares about everything. Like, I mean, he may not care about, you know, necessarily the outcome, but I think he cares. So, I mean, I just pray about kind of like everything, you know, and it's just because you think God doesn't care doesn't mean he doesn't want to hear about it. Listen, he must care because, you know, Alabama went and took a one heck of a winning coach and, (laughs) and, and stole him from a team. We won't talk about that. It's not stealing when you willingly just say, "All right, I'm in." Are they, are they saying the Marine Corps tactfully acquired? Yeah, um, tactfully nah. acquired him. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's talking about that. You know, like I I just started thinking about this. I was at the gym this morning, and there was a guy in there, and he's kind of a you know, little little rough around the edges, and on the surface, like you would never. You you would never, you know, assume that the guy's a follower just by the way he talks, the things that he says, you know, the way he acts. And so I was in there by myself and I had that Brian T shout out radio playing and he's walking on the, the treadmill and I, I'm getting ready to leave. And he's like, hey, what uh, what radio station is this? And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's Christian rap. And I was already like I could feel myself inside kind of like hunkering down because I was like, oh, this dude's just about to, you know, pick a fight, make fun, whatever. And he's like, yeah, man, this is good. And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I I go to church. And then I could feel the inside eagerness like, oh, man, I want to talk to this guy because it it was intriguing because, again, like you look on the surface and, again, like we've talked about before, the language and stuff like that, just the way this guy carries himself, you would never, you know, and, you know, we sat and had a 15-minute conversation about, like, his struggles and, you know, in the push and pull between the world and, and the faith. And, you know, and he's like, man, I'm not perfect. And it was just, it was an awesome conversation. But I noticed that as soon as I knew 
that he was like open to it. I was I was high, I was super ready to talk about. It. I was like, man, let's talk about this. I mean, that's good. That's that too is it's like baby steps, right? Yeah, you got to build some confidence somewhere. But I'll be honest, man, I would have never opened that door had he not, you know, said something. I wouldn't have been the one to be like, hey, man, you ever thought about going to church? I, I I'll tell you right now. Honestly, I would have never, I would have never opened that door, and that's that's probably where I need to grow. Yeah, and and that, like I said, man, baby steps. You got to win something. Yeah. To get some confidence. Well, this morning was a win. I'll I'll take that one. And it's okay if you don't walk in there and wake up every day with this, you know, un, this like ridiculous amount of confidence to to talk about God to people. I I mean, it, it's okay. Like, well, I understand. Like, comes in waves. You're not, you know, you're not perfect. Well, you're not Paul. Yeah, definitely <laughs> um, not. You know, we're not those guys. Um, our 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 paths our path is a lot different than theirs. But there's there's opportunity for growth. So, um, and you and you saw that, right? Like I said, you got to win, so you're a little bit more confident. So I can tell you what I'll be asking them next time I see them. And how's it going? How's like, Brian? Like, how, how was church this week? You know, now that I know, yeah, dude. I mean, you just take it like one step at a time. You know. Take that as momentum because um, you don't know that the next guy next time at the gym standing next to you is going to be the same. Yeah. It could be even better. Mm-hmm. He could be like one of the most impactful people in your Christian, in your life as a Christian and in your, in your journey. Right. And it makes you wonder how many, you know, how many thousands and thousands of conversations did Paul have with people before he writes a letter like Romans, you know, or before he writes like Timothy, like I wonder how many conversations he had, you know, those one-on-ones where he's like, he's not eager. <laughs> he's not like, you know, kind of like you and I, like maybe he didn't feel equipped enough to talk about this, you know? I think in the beginning, wonder, he would have definitely felt that way, considering that like he persecuted Christians in his early life, right? And then he's like one of the most instrumental people in spreading the faith. And I wonder if he battled with like the feeling of hypocrisy as he's making that shift from being basically a persecutor of followers to being like, "I am the follower." You know, I wonder if he if he battled with that. That was like a struggle. Like, <clears throat> I'm sure people threw it in his face a lot. Oh, I bet. I mean, didn't weren't you? Didn't you just? Weren't you that guy that just killed a bunch of Christians? I like, did that thing. Didn't you just do that? Didn't you just like you know? And yeah, I'm sure there was tons of people like that, right? Um, and I think we face that not to that degree, obviously, but I think we face that in today's time. You know, a lot of people like you. You make the shift you find salvation in Jesus and you start changing your ways. But people, again, like we've talked about before, keep you in that box. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're saying this, but I remember you doing this, you doing that. I remember you acting this way. So I, those are the same people who say, you remember the good old days? Those yeah. are the same people who say that all the time. Yeah. They always reference the past and the past is always so much better than the present. 45 years old. Man, I, I was the star quarterback in high school. <laughs> you know, I, it's like I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day, and I said, you know, 
I'm I'm really trying to purposefully tell myself like the best days are right now. Every day that I get up, that's the best day. Yeah. Not yesterday, not you know, ten years ago. And he goes he goes, you know, that's funny. My brother called me yesterday and said that same thing that ten years ago, do you remember before we had kids? And he's like he's like my brother when he says that always like Kind of brings me down because I'm like feeling like, you know, those were good times. But he's like, but then I got my kids too. Like these are good times too. Yeah. And he's like, but his brother, you know, he's like, but I'm getting this like pressure of the good old days. Yeah, we got to stay present. And so he was like, and I and we kind of talked about. It and he's like, kind of really glad you kind of brought that up because you're right. Like, like those were good times, but like these times with my kids and watching them grow and. And uh, become who they are. That's awesome. Like those, these right now, like every day, these are the days, you know. Um, and I was just like, yeah, man. Like, you know, I've been, I was like, I've been hearing a lot about that. And I'm just like, I'm trying to embody that too. Um, because it's so easily, easy for me to say, back in the day, good times, good times. And forget that right now, these are our, the best days. I heard it best that um, it says uh, anger lives in the past, anxiety lives in the future, but true peace lives right now. And it's like, and I started thinking about it. I was like, man, that's true. Like, we're never angry about something that hasn't happened yet. You know, we're not anxious about something that happened yesterday and how we're angry about it. But like, true peace lies if you're, in today. If you think you're angry about something that's coming, it's because you're, Anxious because you're angry about something that took place already. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, stay in the, stay in the, stay in the now, you know, be present, be present. All right. Well, let's keep on rolling. Um, so we are Romans one sixteen. I love this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Like, I love those two verses. Like, and I love I love it because how we're just talking about, he's saying he's eager, right? He's eager to go preach the gospel. He's eager. And then he follows up with the first thing that he says is, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. And I thought that that was just... That was amazing. And and the other thing too I noticed was in one seventeen the way he says it, you know, like I think I sometimes find my catch myself stumbling on this, but like there's no target point. You know, there's no there's no benchmark to reach. You know, and, and in the the New Living translation it says it is accomplished from start to finish by faith. So that's telling me that it, this is truly a life's work is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, but it is by faith and faith only that we receive salvation. The righteous shall live by faith because it is by faith that we must live each day. And that's how we find salvation. And I, I, I read that. And I was like, man, I often find myself like you've heard it sometimes like where I'm like, ah, oh, am I doing enough? Or, or am I doing enough? And, and, I read that and I was like, man, there, there is no target point. There's no benchmark. Cause 
I mean, there is a benchmark, but it's Jesus. And I, I can, it doesn't matter what I do. I'll never reach that benchmark. So it's, it's essentially like it doesn't exist. I, I'm thinking about this for I'm not ashamed, right? Um, I hear a lot of people use it all the time. Romans one sixteen, they go to that. I always think about that story I told you a long time ago about the guy who sat next to the guy on the plane and said, when were you going to ask me if I knew God? Oh, sat next to uh, Charles Barkley. Oh, not Charles Barkley, but a guy that played basketball with Charles oh, Barkley, a teammate of I thought, Charles Barkley. I got you. Now yeah. I understand. And so um, at the University of Auburn, to be specific, to give a timeline. Charles Barkley had a lot of teammates. What is that? War Eagle. Yeah. So just to kind of give a like a time, like he said that, right? Like, hey, when were you going to ask me? And then he's like, he's like, and the guy's like, well, I wasn't. But this is probably, he's in, you know, um, I'm just thinking like, I've been that guy. but I, And I've also been the guy who's like, Romans 116. Let's go. But then I don't have the the courage to ask the person sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. That one kind of hits hard in a different way, just yeah. because you could be the only opportunity that somebody has to hear about God. Yeah, Mike, uh, our favorite guy, Mike Cole, was just telling me a story um, not last night, the night before at dinner, because they just came back from their little their little getaway trip down to Mexico. And however it worked out that him and, and Chris got seated across from each other in the aisles. And he was telling me about the girl he was sitting next to. Uh, and he's basically how, you know, she, she basically, I, I, I don't know how he said, it, but she, she right out the gate. She was like, yeah, I, don't, I just don't like talking to people, blah, blah, blah. And then my mother-in-law starts laughing. She goes, yeah. And then every time I looked over, she was just chatter, chatter, chatter. And basically he had, he had ended up like she was talking about how she had just, you know, been through a bad divorce and she was coming back from like a, like a retreat of like to get right in her mind and like get through like depression and stuff. And he was telling me, he's like, I just kept trying to like to ask her these questions, you know? And she says, he was like, what'd she say? She said, uh, yeah, I, I would never do those dating sites. And he's like, so I'm like trying to get her to get to the answer. I asked her, well, you know, where's the, where's the place that you haven't looked for guys? And basically the end of the story was he ended up getting to the point of like, oh, have you ever thought about going to church? You know? And and then it led into another story where like she had this bad experience and stuff and da, da, da. And then he was like, oh, hey, I tell you what, you should come to my church. Of course, you know, Mike Cole would be the one to do it. <laughs> Wait, does she live near here? She lives in Arlington. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Divine, divine intervention. But but then we got talking about how you just said you might be the only person, and and then he went on those, like, yeah, well, we didn't see her at church. and But then that led me and him to the conversation, but, like, maybe that was baby steps. It was the one step, and then the next person's going to come along. But if we're ashamed and we don't have that courage... The next person may not come along, you know. So I, I can, I can definitely feel with you on how that hits a different, different. Yeah, manner. I mean, if he didn't do it now, and then the next person did it, right? Like, how much more longer are we prolonging that? Yeah. How much longer is that being prolonged? And then 
You're not promised tomorrow. No, we're not. So. For our days are numbered. Number your days, as they would say. The righteous will live by faith. Yeah. That right there. What does that tell you? I, I mean, I know what that says to me. And I can tell you right now. That tells me right there that like, no matter what I do, I will never earn salvation. It's like believing in Jesus, knowing that he died for my sins. By faith. That's what that says to me. My faith is the only way to receive salvation. Yeah. For the first time when I read that was the first time that I've ever realized that it had nothing to do with what I do. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. The righteous live by faith. It's not the righteous do this, the righteous do that, yeah. the righteous do this, good deed, that, good deed. By faith and faith alone. That, that, like, for the first time gave me that clarification of you can't earn it. He gives it to you. Yeah. You just got to accept it. You just got to accept it. Yeah. I think now that, you, like now that you're saying that, I think that can also give hope. You know, hey, man, it doesn't matter what you did. There's still hope. All you got to do is ask for forgiveness and accept it. Yeah. So he'll give it to you. Not about what you've done or what you're going to do. It's just like the righteous live by faith. Which is a very direct and simple statement. And I had, I, dude, I hadn't thought about it in that manner, like that simple. It, it is that simple. Yeah. Live by faith. That's it. That's what you do. Yeah. You want to be righteous? Have faith. Uh, I just, you know, just trusting God. Like, He didn't say, "I need you to," I need you to be perfect. He didn't say, "I need you to do everything right every time," because that. That's an unreal expectation. It, yeah, and he and he knew that, and that's why he that's why he gave us his son. Mm-hmm. He goes, I, I made this law, I made all these laws, and I know without, I mean, it's God, so He knows everything without a shadow of a doubt. Y'all can't do this. I made you this law because this is what it takes to please me, and y'all never, you, you guys will never be able to do it. So now I know that I have to give this to you. And I think that goes on to just show, again, you can find it everywhere in the Bible. Like, that just shows you the level of love that God has for us. I mean, just go, just take that and then hop back to John fourteen six and 7. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Yeah. Oh, faith. Yep. And like, I was trying trying to think of things like in, in like a current context, right? And I, I start to try and grasp, which you know we know that we can't grasp the the level at which God loves us. And I I stop and think like, well, what would I sacrifice Theo for? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing that big. You know what? Okay. Take this. No. And so then I then that just like that just my mind it, it blows my mind that he gave that for people like us. 
like mankind. Tough to imagine. We can't. Doing it yourself, but he did it. Yeah. yeah. We can't imagine it. We can try. I often do try and think of these things in, 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 a, in that kind of way, and it just it just elevates the like, yep, no way. I think that that is a good spot to to stop. Um, yeah, kind of as we had discussed. I think now is where Paul kind of takes a shift uh, in what he's writing about. So I think the righteous shall live by faith. It's a good good point to leave it off. A good thing to to sit on for the week and kind of how you know, kind of how Alex put it very plainly and simply. There's nothing we can do. It is it is faith alone. Um, you know, and I, and I love the the eagerness, man. The just recognizing how eager Paul was to go to a place that he probably really wasn't wanted to talk about it, just to to spread it, you know. I think he really took to heart that his obligation was to to spread the good news. And he had such faith that it made him eager. Okay, you want me to do this? Oh, I would love to, you know. It's like, you know, on very simple terms, our five-year-old, he gets so excited when it's like, hey, bud. I think you can make your own sandwich today. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do that. And he gets so excited to do the work, you know, on a very small scale. And and Paul was called, and it it lit a fire. It made him so happy. Oh, yeah. I can do that. Let me go. Set me free. So I I love that. I thought that was awesome. It's just... It's just awesome to see that, like, from being a persecutor to being one of the instrumental pieces spreading the word of God. Like, that tells you, like, it doesn't matter what you've done, God can use you. Like, pretty, pretty simple. Like, you use Paul, you can use anybody. Yeah, and we we hear that over and over and over and over again from people, you know, we, we had Aaron on here and Aaron tells his story and he says, look, if he can save me. He could save anyone. And you hear that so often, like, well, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And so like, it doesn't matter. He will use the most unlikely candidate. And what do you say? Uh, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Correct. So he called Paul and he said, guess what? I'm fixing to equip you. And now look how famous he is in this book. Like, Yeah, he did some great works. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to also realize, I think, you know, our human nature is we start to get caught up. You know, look what I've done. Look what I did. Look what I did. All these people did things that we can't even fathom. What's the one thing they always do? All glory to God. Mm-hmm. All glory to God. Because yeah. as soon as we start to think that we're wise, we become foolish. 
Mm. We harden our hearts. And we are fools. Absolutely. So, what else you got? That's it. That's all you got? That's it. That's it. <clears throat> all right. Well, people, uh, stick around for, for next week. We're going to go a little further into this. Um, it might get a little bit dark for a little bit, thanks to Paul. Um, but, again, Romans is an amazing book. I think it's, again, it's 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 like a blueprint to the Gospels. Uh, so I'll go ahead and hit us with a prayer, and we will call it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as always, friends, stay bold, stay courageous, stay in the word. Yo, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Because your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again fully, yes, evangelical. Hey, my commitment is consistent in my father's work. How can you say that you a Christian if you're not at work?